You're listening to Discover Church with Lead Pastor Curtis Jones. This week, we kick off a new series, Happiness Is. For more information on Discover Church or to join one of our worship experiences live, log on to discoverchurch.cc. Well, I want to welcome you. Again, if this is your very first time here with us at Discover Church, I just want to say thank you so much for being here. My name is Curtis Jones. I, along with my wife, Amy, uh, and our incredible group of Go Team members, uh, we help to lead here at Discover Church. We are so excited uh, that you decided to wake up and be with us this morning. And uh, I also want to remind you that uh, uh, we have what we call the Check-In Challenge. And uh, that is every every uh, Sunday, every week, we have have a, a check-in for you on Facebook or Instagram, and every time that you do that, when you come to church, you're going to make a difference in the life of the people, uh, and this month we are partnering with the uh, Adult and Teen Challenge of Delmarva, and so every time you check in, you're going to make a difference for them, so uh, if you want, you can log on to the guest Wi-Fi, and you can uh, take that opportunity. Also, we want to let you know that you, uh, if you don't have your Bible with you, it would be a great time for you to download the version app so you can kind of follow along with us as uh, we're reading Scripture and going through the message today. But uh, it's so great to see you. We're going to get ready to kick off a, uh, a brand new series today called Happiness Is. Ha- happiness Is. And uh, I know one thing that happiness is for me today, it is to say to those uh, men and women that have served and are currently serving in the armed forces today, we celebrate Veterans Day, so we thank you so incredibly much. Yes, I was going to say, give them a clap. Yeah, I... And uh, I, I want to, we, we, record, we record these messages every week, so if you haven't checked out the Discover Church podcast, you can, and that's available pretty much everywhere you find podcasts. But uh, for, I want to give a real quick shout out, he's not here in person, uh, to uh, one of my really close friends, Trib Singh, who uh, is currently deployed as part of the 198th Signal Battalion for the Delaware Army National Guard in Kuwait right now. He's in the middle of his tour serving over there along with some other folks uh, from our state. So we just want to say thank you, uh, Mr. Tribb, and thank you for that. And if, uh, if you are appreciative of all that the men and women who serve in our military forces have done, one of the ways that you uh, can do this, obviously, is if one way is if you see somebody that's got a hat on that served or you know, a jacket or something that's got a patch, make sure you uh, appreciate them then. Uh, but for today, we have a really great and practical way for you to make that difference. And uh, we're going to be sending a part of a care package over to those folks that are from the Delaware Army National Guard. And so up front here at the end of service, we have a couple tables set up with some blank thank you cards. And we would just really want to encourage you before you leave today to take a couple seconds, come up and write a note. You can stick it in the basket and we will make sure we take care of getting it over there. And you get to say a couple words of appreciation uh, from your family to those that are actually uh, currently serving on the, you know, uh, away from home, they're giving up family time uh, to make sure that we can get to continue to call the United States the land of the free and the home of a brave. Amen? Amen. All right. Well, we are getting ready uh, to jump into happiness. Happiness is. And uh, over the next few weeks, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a pretty bold prediction, and some of you are going to probably think, yeah, right, okay? But I, over the next few weeks, I'm going to tell you what makes you happy, okay? And you're like, oh, you can't do that. No, no, I, I, I think I, I can come pretty close to knowing what makes you happy. And some of you don't think that I can tell you what makes you happy because you say, well, I don't even know what makes me happy. So what makes you think that you're going to be able to do it? 
but, uh, but I hope that you're going to be able to hang with me, because uh, here, when I kind of got th- thinking a little bit about uh, this message series for this, and kind of really talking about happiness, and by the way, happiness uh, for our sake, it, we, we, you know, I fully recognize that, you know, happiness is uh, not a 24-hour-a-day achievable thing, so really I'm talking more uh, with j- balling happiness to be contentment, and, and finding just a sense of self that you're, you can be okay with who you are, and, and so with that, you know, here's what I am, am firmly aware of. I am firmly aware that you keep trying to be happy, right? Because I know I keep trying to be happy, right? We, we, we go places, we do things, we buy things, we, go, we do all these things because that is kind of the goal for us to try to figure out, you know, what is it that makes us happy? What is it that makes me happy? And, you know, I, I know another thing is that you are basically targeted every time that you go online or every time you drive down the road or every time you listen to the radio or the television because guess what they all have the things that we hate advertisement we hate advertisement in fact uh, if I ever go any place that I have to give up my DVR at home right but you know with all my shows that I have already recorded so I get to skip the advertisement you're watching you're like oh advertisements right you're just like oh just just get on with it and already. You know, we, we, we expect to, to, to do that. But here's what happens is many of us, we really haven't figured out or maybe we've forgotten what makes us happy. And, and, and we, we know, we kind of understand, right, that we can't market and sell long-term happiness, can we? We know that. Sometimes we have to be reminded of that, but, but I think really when it comes down to it, we know it. And today, if you have your Bibles with you, um, I want to encourage you to open to the book of James in the New Testament. We're going to be in James chapter 4. And uh, we're going to go some other places after that, but that's where we're going to kind of get started this morning, James chapter 4. And, uh, and, and here's what it says in James 4, starting in verse 1. It says, what causes fights and quarrels among you? What causes it? This is a question that is posed. And it says, don't they come from your desire your desires that battle within you. In other words, the things, the things you desire and that you want, that you're yearning for, the things that you kind of feel a sense that you need them, right? It says you desire, but what? You don't have it. So what do you do? You kill. Now maybe you're saying, okay, kill's really hard right here, right? So maybe you're not actually like, eh, eh, eh. you're not actually killing, okay? But maybe what it is is you're killing with your words or your actions, or maybe there's something deeper to it, right? And and so you kill. It says you covet, but you cannot get what you want. How many of you understand that there's some things that you want, but you just you just can't get, right? You just there's something that you want. My wife, she wanted the suburban, the fully loaded suburban. You know what she got? A minivan, okay? Because sometimes what you don't get what you want, right? Uh, and, and so we, we recognize. It says, uh, so what do we do? So we quarrel and we fight. It says, you do not have because you do not ask God. Now, we love that part, right? We love the we don't have because we ask God. And we, we want to stand and you want to stand at the mailbox and proclaim, Lord, I proclaimed that you're going to give me a, a, a $1,000 check in this mailbox. Then you're open and you're disappointed. Well, that's not really what it's talking about here. Because in verse 3, it says this. It says, when you ask, when you ask, you do not receive. Because why? You ask with the wrong motives. Okay? Motives 
really, really are important and they really count when it comes to God. It says that you may spend what you get on what? Your pleasures, on my pleasures. Now, I don't know if you would admit this or not. I fully admit this. But there's been many times in my life where I've spent my money, because I think it's my money, on the things that will make me happy, on the, my pleasures, right? We, we, we all, I, and I, I would bet that you, you've all would say that we've done that, right? And here's how I know that, because I see some of you walking around from time to time with Starbucks. That's a pleasure, man. It's a pleasure. My daughter, listen, I, I'm speaking to some Starbucks people right here in the front row. But no, listen, my daughter uh, has become addicted to Starbucks every single time. God bless her. We have one in Millsboro now. Every time we drive by Starbucks, Haley says, well, can't we go to Starbucks and get a mocha frappa? I don't know what in the world she's even talking about. She's speaking another language. No, the answer is no. We're not doing that. That is not what we're doing. Because one of the things that we understand you know, and, and we sometimes we get glimpses of this in our lives, but we still forget from time to time, is that happiness for us is more about a who than a what. Happiness for us is really more about the who than the what. And you say, well, I don't know about that. Well, here's how I know that this is true. Because in high school, it really didn't matter what you have if you weren't with the right who, wasn't it? The right who made high school or middle school, it made it easy or it could make it hard because if you had the right who, then it meant that everything was going to be good. And, and you know, you feel the pressure to find the right who and who is included in that who. But see, happiness for us is always about a who or two. It's always about a who or two. And, and listen, I'm not Dr. Seuss today. I'm not going to start reading you green eggs and ham or nothing like that. I know it sounds like it. But happiness is really about a who or two. And, and I, I think back, I'm a big movie guy. I love movies. And uh, one of the movies that kind of came to my mind with this uh, was a movie called Life of Pi. I don't know if you had a chance to see it. About a guy, a uh, young man who gets stranded after a shipwreck. He loses everything. And he finds himself on a boat, a rescue boat with a tiger uh, that we named Richard Parker. Uh, it's obviously got a lot of deeper meaning. You can watch it on your own, or if you maybe you've, you've never seen that one, maybe you remember Tom Hanks in Castaway, and who did he have? Wilson! You're right, you got, we, have the, we had the volleyball, you know, and, and, and we had the emotional breakdown of Wilson floating away in the ocean, you know, because guess what? Happiness is not about the what, but it's about, it's about the who, and you know, uh, when we talk about a happy what, the problem with a happy what is it always ends up leading to a happy what else. So we, 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 wanna, we want the, to know what the, what's the next thing. You know, it wears off over time. And, and you say again, well, well, how do we know this? Because I promise you, if you take out of your pocket, or unless you already have it in your hand, your cell phone, when you got that new cell phone, you were what? You were so excited, right? You were just super excited. And the, the excitement that you had when you had that new phone was the same excitement that you had when you got the new phone before that and the new one before that, right? And, and, and it just keeps going on. And it's the same thing, you know, whether it's, uh, whether it's a phone or your car, right? This is why they always want you to come test drive the cars. They always want you to test drive the car because what do you do? You get to experience that new car smell, 
You know, you get in there and it just, and it just, oh, and this one's got the heated seats and, and it's got the button and it memorizes your, what you like it to and what she likes it to. And it's just the greatest thing ever, right? And then, of course, that, that's what they, they want you to draw in. And then you go back to your car and your car smells like the last time your kid got sick in it. And you're just like, oh, man, this stinks. This is horrible, right? And, and it makes you want, it makes you want to have that desire. But here's what we have to recognize, that if the what, if, if what makes us happy ages, then guess what? It's more about the thing than it is actually the happiness, the, the being happy from the very beginning, you know? And, and I think we all recognize this too, is that, you know, at, when it comes to the end of our life, in the end, you're going to have relational, not possessional regrets, Right? I've done a lot of hospital visitations, and I've never heard the story about how somebody was at the end of their life, whether it was a, a, a woman or a man, and where they asked for their spouse to bring them their favorite pair of shoes, right? I've never been there. I've never been there and, and, and say, honey, can you bring my Harley up so I can see it out the window one more time? Right? I, I've never experienced that. You know why? Because in the end, it's about the relationships that we have, not the possessions that we have. And we even see this in, the, in Luke uh, chapter 12, where we see Jesus in the story of the rich fool. And, and when he does this, Jesus ends up saying uh, to them, he says, then he said to them, watch out. Jesus, this is Jesus' words, okay? He says, be on your guard against all kinds of greed, because what? Life does not consist in the abundance of of possession. Jesus is basically trying to grab a hold of everybody's attention here and say, listen guys, I know you think it is, but stuff isn't it. Stuff won't fix it. Stuff won't fix the hole and the desire and the feel that you have in the bottom of your pit of your stomach that makes you kind of have these compulsions to want to go out and do things. And, and we, we know that our happiness is often tied to people because how many of you have ever been around a married couple where one of the people in the married couple wasn't very happy? What tends to happen to the other person that's in the marriage? They tend not to be very happy, right? Married, uh, it, it, uh, happiness is very often tied in this, in this relationship, right? So that we experience if one person that we're in close relationship with is happy, the, then the other one is uh, or is not. But because we understand that, guess what? The who is more important than the what. Now, one of the things I'll want to be really careful here and say, and this, there's a really strong caveat here, is we sometimes think that because the who is what makes us special, what makes us feel special and fills that need, that sometimes what we find ourselves in is we end up getting in situations where we want to trade our who for another who, right? You want to trade up. You're like, I don't want that who no more. I want, a, I, want a, I want a different who. And this happens in friendships and relationships. And, and, and listen, one of the things that we have to be very, very careful with, especially married couples, is that you don't think that just because of the happiness that you're tied to with the other person means that you just want to go out and decide to trade up or trade, trade them out. Remember, the who person is not the car that you get to go swap out. It, it doesn't, that's not how this works because God sometimes ends up putting people in our lives. He puts people in our lives for us to be able to make a difference in influence. And I think men and women, we experience this differently, right? Men and women experience this different. And I think uh, sometimes men, uh, speaking as a guy myself, you know, we often think that we really don't need anyone to be happy, right? 
We don't think we need anyone to be happy. We think we can do it on ourselves. And I think we think this because of a couple reasons. You know, one is because we've never really experienced what it's like to have absolutely no one, right? We still have people in our lives, and we've never experienced what it's like to live life totally without anyone. And the other thing is sometimes, if that's not it, sometimes we feel like the isolation that we feel that we can't fix and we never really, quote, fit in. And since we can never really fit in, therefore we just decide that we don't need anybody else. We give up. We just throw in the towel on that. And for ladies, you know, ladies, I think women uh, have figured this out a little bit more than men because women often say, you know, that they know that they need someone. But the problem that ladies have sometimes is that we don't care who the someone is, we just fill the someone with anyone. It doesn't make sense whether it's a good fit or match for us. I, I mean, I, if, I'm not going to ask you to, but if we ask the ladies in the room, how many of you at some point in time have dated someone just because you felt the need to date someone, but even though they weren't the right fit, you would probably say, yeah, I, I did that. I did that. And hopefully that's not the person you married to today, okay? Hopefully you love them. If we need to counsel, set up a time with me afterwards. We'll get together. We'll make it right, okay? But, but for us, right, we often sometimes want to play the game guess who you guys remember guess who back in the day you know where you would have you, you would have the little boards and you would flip and you would start flipping down and, and we just want to sit there and we just guess well could it be this person no it's not that person could it be this person no it's not that person and we just go through this reoccurring game you know uh, of trying to figure out what the person is that's going to make us happy and, and what that relationship is going to be to make us feel happiness and to feel a sense of fulfillment you know what is, though, I want to ask you this question, what is, what is one thing that you think every person that is content and happy, what is this one thing that you feel like every happy person has? What is one thing? And I think the one thing that I could come up with, no matter which way I tried to think about this, no matter which way I came about it, the one thing was this, is that I think every happy person has a sense of peace. They have a sense of peace. They have a sense of inside being okay. A sense of, I understand who I am and where I am. And you know, and I really think that when you break it down, there's, there's three things that we have to come to terms with, with a sense of peace. There's three things. I think the first one is ourselves. We have to, you have to have a sense of peace with ourselves. We have to have a sense of peace with others. And then the third and last one is we have to have a sense of peace with God. We have to have a sense of peace with God. And I think that if you are not at peace with all three of these things, then guess what? You're going to feel like you're missing something. You're going to feel like you kind of got this peace missing out of your life. And it says this out of the book of Hebrews, in Hebrews chapter 12, starting in verse 14, it says this. It says that we are to make every effort to live in peace with everyone and be holy. Now let me tell you, I don't know if you've met everyone, but that's hard, Okay. I've, I'm, I, I haven't met everyone, but I've met enough of everyone to know that to live in peace with everyone is pretty, pretty hard, right? I, I, I understand that. But it says this, it says, without holiness, that no one will see the Lord. Basically, what I kind of equate this to is that, that for us, we have to understand that peace, right? Because we've got to live in peace with everyone. Peace leads to holiness, and holiness leads us the ability to see the Lord. So that, guess what? If you don't have peace, you're going to struggle seeing God. 
You're going to struggle with that, right? And it continues on here. In verse 15, it says this. It says, See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. Here's what I want us to understand is that sometimes, guess what? Bitter roots happen in our lives and I don't know, I don't even know what type of grass this is. I don't know if you've ever experienced, I, 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 I like being outside. I'm kind of an outside guy. So if I'm home, if I have the opportunity, I'm outside working and doing stuff. I don't know if you've ever come across the type of grass, and it's really not grass. It's of the devil. It's 100% satanic, okay? It's, it's horrible stuff. It's, it looks like grass, but it, it grows like a vine, and it just stretches out. Now, I don't know if you've ever seen this. This stuff will tear up blacktop. It will just burrow right into it. And just no matter how many times you rip it up, guess what? It just keeps coming right back. And it just starts burrowing in. And we have to be careful because guess what? This sense of unfulfilledness that we have, this sense of insecurity that we have, when it, when it starts to sprout up, boy, I can tell you, it can be really, really, really tough to get that stuff pulled out. Because it wants to burrow into every area of your life. It wants to burrow in and disrupt the other stuff around you. See, God already made the road smooth for you, but this stuff wants to come in and cause potholes and and, and break up the road and make the path so that the path, you can't see the path anymore. Because all of a sudden, this this one small bitter root happened to to grow up in there and to, to destroy some stuff, to tear up some things. We know this, is that anything... Anything that undermines our peace, my peace, and your peace is going to undermine our happiness. Anything that undermines that. And, and listen, we, we can make the decision to be upset with God or others or ourselves, but no matter what happens when we experience this, guess what? We're going to find that uh, we live with regret from it. And I think, you know, Jesus' followers really discovered this, is that, you know, when we have peace with God, that it paves the way to having peace with others and equips us to have peace with yourself. Because listen, I, I, I talk with a lot of people and, and I fully recognize that having peace with ourselves can very, very often, it, 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 it's hard to accomplish because guess what? We know all the bad stuff that we've done. We know all the bad thoughts that we've had. We know all the experiences in life and all the things we did and we gave up. and We, we know all of that, right? But guess what? If we can't have peace with God, we can't, we can't get back to the road where we have that peace with ourselves. Jesus, in the book of Matthew, Jesus was asked by a Pharisee, what was the most important commandment? And, and I, I really, uh, I kind of love this. In, in Matthew chapter 22, in verse 36, this is what we see. The Pharisee says, teacher, what is the greatest commandment of the law? And, and now, listen, I don't know about you, but when you think laws and commandments, you know, we can sometimes think laws and commandments that laws were there to make us unhappy, right? Laws and commandments were to keep us from stuff, right? They were to keep us put back in a box. That's so many times what we think, right? Like, I, I think that the laws on the eastern shore of Virginia to drop every little podunk town that you come to to 35 or 45 miles an hour, that was meant to keep me from getting to my destination faster, okay? It's, we, that's how we often think, isn't it? 
Like when you're driving down, if you're going to Virginia Beach or Williamsburg or somewhere, and you get down there, and oh, it's 35. Oh, it's 55. Oh, it's 45. Oh, it's, you know, you get down there, right? It, we think that so many times, right? That we think that that is restricting us and keeping us from things. But when it fact, it, when it comes to it, you know, Jesus could have said a lot of other things. He could have, he could have said a lot of other commands. He, he, you know, uh, there's, by the way, if you haven't, uh, taking the time, one Bible project that everyone should do is look up strange laws and commandments in the Old Testament. There's a handful of strange ones. There's some ones that I'm not going to cover here, but one of the ones that I found was really great was that uh, in the Old Testament, out of Exodus chapter 22, oh, excuse me, Exodus 22, that guess what? If someone breaks in, that if it's during the day, uh, you can't kill them. You can't hurt them. But if they break in at night, you can go ahead and you can kill them. But that, that's, you can do it, but daytime you're not allowed to. That's, you know, that's a strange, one of the stranger laws out of the Old Testament. But in Matthew chapter 22, verse 37, this is what Jesus says. Okay, Jesus says this. He says that the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and all of your mind. Now, the Pharisees and the people around him were like, no, 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 no. No, Jesus, you don't understand the question, okay? What is the greatest law or commandment? What is the greatest thing that we're supposed to, like, do or not? Like, how do we check the box off? You know what I mean? Like, what is, what is that? And, and Jesus says, no, the most important thing is for you to have peace with God. Because if you cannot have peace with God, then you cannot experience any other peace. And, of course, he continues on there. He says, this is the first and the greatest commandment. And then what does he say is the second one? The second one is that you love your neighbor as yourself. So in other words, he says you have to have peace with God, then you have peace with others, and when you experience those two things, then guess what? You get peace with yourself. He says, listen, this is, this is such an important thing, and what I love is that God really provided a way for us to happiness. He, he really experienced that. Because I guarantee you, if we asked you right now, if every one of you had a pen and a paper and you had to write a, a, the answer to this, and it was, what is your greatest regret? And you filled that out. I can guarantee you that your greatest regret is something to do with the fact that you lost peace with God, others, or yourself. I guarantee it. Because those are the things that we end up coming to regret in life. Now, I, I want to get to how God paved this way for us, but before we do that, uh, we have to talk about something that is not very popular to talk about, especially in 2019, especially in churches, and that is sin, okay? I know I said it. It's a three-letter word. I'm sorry that you had to hear that this morning, but here's what I need to understand, and here's what we have to understand, and I understand today that there are several people in this room who are from several different backgrounds, and you're on different roads. You're on different levels, right, of your understanding with God. Some of you are deep in your walk with the Lord. Maybe you've been doing it for 20 or 30 years. Some of you, this is your first weekend, you know. For some of us, you're not there yet. You're like, listen, I mean, I like Jesus. He sounds cool, but I'm not really sure that I I'm really all about this life because of the whole sin thing, right? But no matter, I think, how you think of sin, right, but we all have a definition of sin. Even if you think that you don't believe in sin, you have a definition of sin. Because no matter what we do, all of us think of this definition of sin. And here's what we're going to do. We're going to try to really loosely base the, this word sin. We're going to really loosely define it here as, as the simplest way to make it so we can all grasp a hold of really what sin is. Sin is what you think others or yourself 
shouldn't do, but sometimes do anyway. See, whether you agree with the New Testament definition of sin or whether you don't, but you all agree, we all agree that we think there are things that we or others shouldn't do, but sometimes we do anyway. Sometimes we do. And we, we recognize there's things that we should not do. And, and here's what I know when it comes down to it. Those things that we do, that we know we shouldn't do, and we do sometimes anyway, that guess what? That, that is sin, and sin is meant to separate. Sin, that's its ultimate goal is separation. Its goal is to separate us from others. You know, one person did something that the other one didn't think they should. So guess what? Now we don't have peace between two people. Sometimes it separates you from God because you can't be good enough with God or, uh, to, to be on your own and to, to, to experience the love. You know, and here's the other thing that we have to understand about peace with God. We can't have peace with God if we are struggling with other people. And you say, wait a second, now how does peace with God have anything to do with other people? Well, here's what I know. The Bible calls you and I sons and daughters of God, right? Sons and daughters, which makes him what? Father. So here's an example that I'll give you. Come up to me and start talking bad about one of my kids. We're going to fight, okay? <laughs> All right? Pastor or not, we're going to fight. Because guess what? You're not going to come start running your mouth about one of my kids because guess what? They're my kids, and I'm going to stick up for my kids. Even when my kids do stupid stuff, I'm going to still stick up for them. Don't worry. I'm going to deal with them, but you ain't going to talk like that about my kids, right? It's the same exact way that happens when you have an issue with somebody else. Guess what? That is a son or a daughter of God. And God says, no, 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 no. You don't get the right to do that because guess what? I'm the father. I'll take care of that situation. Your job is to live in peace with everyone and to love as I've called you to love. That's exactly what he says. And the third one is this, is that guess what? For us, you know, when we, don't, when we, when we have this sin and it comes into our life, it separates us from ourselves. You ever thought, if I ever did this, if this ever happened, I wouldn't be able to live with myself? I couldn't look at myself in the mirror? Because guess what sin's whole job is? Sin's whole job is to separate by substitution. Sin doesn't want you to have the relationship with your husband. It doesn't want you to have the relationship with your wife. It doesn't want you to have the successful relationship with your children or your grandchildren or your boss or your coworker or your neighbor. What it wants to do is it wants to substitute that by fulfilling the pleasure that you would have from that with something else. It wants you to experience that exclusivity that only sin can offer, right? But here's what I know, that no matter what it is, when we experience this sin in our lives, that guess what? I know that it makes a promise that it simply cannot keep. It makes a promise that it can't fulfill on. As we get ready to close here, I want to read to you again out of the book of James. The one thing that I love, and, and I'm excited, by the way, for 2020. I know 2020 still feels like a long, long ways away, but in 2020, we're going to be doing a series on the book of James because I think the fact that uh, 
that it's written by the brother of Jesus is pretty amazing. Can you imagine being Jesus' brother? Talk about it, shoes to fill. But James, the brother of Jesus, says this in verse 1, or chapter 1, verse 13. He says, when tempted, no one should say that God is tempting me. I know I'm 100% guilty of that. No one should say God is tempting me. You know why? It's so easy for us to think that way. But it says this, it says, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. In verse 14, he says, but every person is tempted when they are dragged away by what? Their own evil desires and enticed. And then he says in verse 15, he says, then after desire has conceived, listen to this wording, this is so good. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, then what does it do? When it's full grown, it gives birth to death. So many times we think that the little teeniest thing, this little disagreement, this little argument, this little fight, these little, these little moments in our lives that we have against other people or ourselves or even God, right? We sometimes we think of these things as, oh, they're just, it's just a little thing. But listen, guess what? The brother of Jesus kind of sent, you, sent us a little warning, sent this for you and for me today. He says that if we're not careful, that what's going to happen is that baby sin, it grows up. And when it grows up, it grows up into big sin. To help you understand what that would be like, I love animals. I love them. I love animals to death. In fact, I have a, a horse. I have some goats. We've had chickens in the past. Of course, uh, our dog recently passed away. We're probably going to get another dog here soon. I love animals, except cats. I'm not a big cat guy. Sorry. Sorry, cat people. One of the things, though, that I always thought would be so, so stinking cool is you see, you ever seen those videos of, like, guys that work with, like, nature preserves and they have, like, tigers or, like, you know, little, like, baby lions and stuff and they're playing with them and they're like, oh, this is, you know, this is so cool, this is so great, you know, and you're, and you're like, ah, oh, how awesome would it be to have a baby tiger or a lion or something like that? Like, how awesome would that be, like, just to have this creature that ends up, you know, when they're so small, it just, they look just so innocent, don't they? They look so cute. But then they grow up. And this is, this is 100% true. I just heard this just the other week, that a guy that had a small tiger that grew up had to be taken and emerged to the emergency room, and the, the tiger had to be taken away from him, because guess what? It grew up and remembered what it was. It remembered that it was a tiger that wasn't meant to live in this guy's house, and it decided to maul him. That's what sin is like. We grow it up, and we think, oh, it's just so innocent. It's just this little teeny thing. But then guess what? It grows up, and it destroys your family. It destroys relationships. It destroys the fact that you can't even look in the mirror to look at yourself because of the guilt and the condemnation that you feel inside. And all of these things come because of what we thought happiness is. 
All of these things are things we thought would lead to joy. But ultimately, we forget. We forget sometimes that guess what? Baby sin grows up. I want to ask, would you stand with me this morning? Just kind of want to summarize this up for you today because we covered a lot of material. This this probably could have been like a four or five week series and I'm trying to do it in three. So I want to make sure we kind of paint the entire picture here. We talked today that we, we recognize that guess what? Happy Happiness is more about the who than the what. Happy people are at peace with themselves, others, and God. We recognize that sin undermines the peace by separating and wanting to substitute it. And we recognize that since Jesus prioritized peace with God, ourselves, and others, that that is something that we should be striving for every single day. And today, I want to say, listen, if you are not a follower of Jesus Christ, I fully recognize that there is a lot of uh, very easy examples for you to pull from on why you shouldn't. I totally realize that. Because you've probably experienced in your past Christians or people saying they're Christian operating in a very unchristian-like way. Maybe you've experienced it even in a church. I just want to say on behalf of them, I am so, so sorry. I am so sorry. If I could come and I could wipe that whole memory and that whole pain, that experience from you, I would absolutely do it in a heartbeat because I I recognize that, guess what? Sometimes we say and we do really stupid stuff and we, we let the peace of God that should rule over us, we let it leave us. But today, as our time, as we get ready, this time of altar time and prayer, I just want to say, if you have not taken that step to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, listen, there is no, there's no better time to do that than today. There's no better opportunity than today. Because listen, when it comes down to it, God is your Father, and all He is looking for you to have is the best life imaginable. Today also, if maybe you say, well, I'm, I'm, I'm saved, but... I also want to let you know that this is a really great time to really pray and ask God, how can I mend these broken relationships? Maybe I I guarantee you, some of you, you were thinking about people as part of this message that you need to go back to and you need to figure out how to make things right because the way that you left them, it wasn't right. Maybe even the way they left it, it wasn't right. And you feel that conviction on your heart. And I also want to say that today, guess what? If you're not living in peace with yourself, there's no better time to start paving that road, allow God to pave that road for you to start walking it than this morning. Because peace, when we don't have peace with ourselves, it causes all kind of pain and anger. It causes it inside of us, and then by, because it's inside of us, we act out and we do it to, to people around us. So I want to ask if you would, would you pray? And I I just want to invite you, listen, uh, we changed the order of service around at least for a couple weeks here 
Because guess what? We wanted to give more time for if people need to come for prayer, that you have that opportunity. So I just want to, as we pray, would you, if you want to come, if you want someone to pray, we have the prayer team that will pray over you, that will pray with you this morning. We want to stand and believe. And we want to walk this road with you. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just want to thank you so very much, Father God, for who you are to each and every one of us. Father God, Lord, we know that this message here, Father God, Lord God, that it speaks to hearts and minds. Yeah, And Lord, Father God, we just want to pray right now, Father, for those who feel like they're far from you, Father God, that maybe they don't have that relationship from you, Father. Lord, that we would know that there's no magical saying or word. There's no phrases or incantations, Father God, for us to go through, Lord. It's simply us confessing that we need you, that we sinned, that we did something that we knew we shouldn't have done, and we did it anyway. And that, Father God, we repent, and we're going to turn. We're not going to go in our own way anymore, but, Lord God, that we are going to live a life for you. Father God, right now, I just want to pray, Lord, for people in this place that had this sense where you, your Holy Spirit spoke to their heart and mind today about broken relationships, Father God. Lord God, for those people that, that, that they recognize that they've said some things and they've done some things that they shouldn't have done, that, Father God, that you would speak life into them. Lord, I pray right now that your Holy Spirit will help guide them in the words that they say and the things that they do, Father God, when they interact with those people, Father God. Lord God, that our words can be less and your words can be more. Because, Father, I know sometimes when I speak, it don't sound much like you. So, Lord, allow me to listen to your Holy Spirit, Father God, so that, guess what, I can sound more like the Father. Lord, and right now we pray for people in this place that are experiencing some self-worth, some self-doubt issues, Father God. Lord, I totally understand the, the brokenness that you can feel, that people can sense in those times. But Father God, I am, I, Lord, I am so thankful, Father God, that you've called each and every one of us your sons and your daughters. Thank you, Lord. Lord, and the Father, the thing I love about being a son and a daughter of God is that, guess what? Sons and daughters don't just get to live at home, Father God. But sons and daughters are part of the inheritance. Yes. Lord, Father God, we are so glad, Lord God, that we are part of your inheritance. That guess what? You loved each and every one of us so very much that you put people in our lives to tell us. Lord, that you, put, you loved us so very much, Father God, that you would allow the people in our lives to love us back, Father. Lord God, that you love us so much, Father God, that you help plant out of all places, Father God, discover church to be open on this Sunday morning, Father God, so somebody could hear this message, Lord. Bless you. Lord, we thank you for the inheritance that we have through Christ. Lord, we are so excited about it. Lord, we thank you. We give you the praise, the honor, and the glory. 
Church, we're going to get ready to, to sing a closing song. And as we do, if you have any prayer requests, please come on up to the front. Let's pray together. Let's take the opportunity to love on one another this morning. Amen. God is so good.